Welcome to the Cancer Youth Thrivers podcast. My name is Andrea Wilson-Woods, and I'm the CEO and co-founder of Cancer U. Join me each week as I interview cancer patients, caregivers, survivors, and providers about their cancer journeys. You're listening to Cancer Youth Thrivers, where real people share true stories. Tim Sohn is an almost 15-year survivor of chronic myeloid leukemia, also known as CML. He shared his story for the first time in June 2021. Tim is a husband, a dad to Megan 10, and Caitlin 6. He also owns his own business, Sohn Social Media Solutions, where he produces memorable live shows and virtual events. He also coaches impact-focused brands and nonprofits how to create their own events. Tim, thank you so much for coming on today and sharing your story. Thank you so much for having me, Andrea. Thank you for dealing with the technical difficulties. <laughs> Before you take us back, something in your bio caught my attention, as you know. Yes. You shared your story for the first time this year, and to give people perspective, we're recording in October of 2021. So you, for the first time, four months ago, tell us about that. Why had you not shared it sooner and what prompted you to share it? I really had not even thought about sharing my story until three months ago. And Steve Sullivan, who's someone that I connected through on LinkedIn, he's a 35 year survivor of acute leukemia. And uh, he came on a live show that I produced and shared his story. And then I saw a video that he created on National Cancer Survivor Day, uh, sharing his story. And in the meantime, I was invited on somebody else's live show where they talk about autoimmune conditions. In the meantime, I had also started sharing more vulnerable content online through a movement called Radiating Real, where you just show up as you are in the moment. Uh, you don't have to be all polished and shiny as so many people think you have to be on social media. And uh, just the combination of, of those three things uh, led me to sharing my, my story for the first time uh, in June. First of all, I love Steven. He has shared his story with our audience. I've interviewed him. He has the most amazing voice. Tell us where you shared your story for the first time. Yeah, so I shared my story for the first time on uh, somebody I know who had been in one of my live streaming courses. Her name is Jenny Gold. And so that's where I shared it. She has a show called it's actually called podcast, not podcast. Uh, <laughs> I like that. It's cute. Name, right? <laughs> it's cute. I love it. That's the first place I shared my story. And then I shared my story as well. And Nancy Barrows is her name is the creator of the radiating real movement. So she interviewed me next. And then I've, I've been on a number of shows since then. And I'm so honored to be here today. Well, yeah, thank you. I wish we could have broken your story, but I'm not a journalist. So that's silly. <laughs> no, I'm really grateful. I am. I, I believe stories are what change the world. You can rattle off all the statistics you want, but it's stories that really make an impact on people. So thank you so much. Almost 15 years. You look really young. So I can't oh, wait. <laughs> I can't wait to learn more. So tell us, take us back to the very beginning. What happened? So in uh, 2008, I was 26 years old. I noticed I had some purple blotches on my legs 
and uh, never had anything like that before and never had any serious medical conditions before that. So I went to my primary care physician. He did some blood tests. And as I'm leaving the parking lot, he calls me and says, uh, you need to go to the hospital right now. And I, I don't recall exactly the conversation. I don't think they said right away it was leukemia, but they said you needed to go to the hospital right now. So I, I had to drive two hours to Westchester Medical Center in Hawthorne, New York. I was there for about a week. And while I was there, they diagnosed me with chronic uh, myeloid leukemia. Okay. That was fast, right? I, I can't even imagine, right? You haven't even gotten to your car and you get this news and it sounds like you did live very far from the hospital. You're a young adult. What kind of support did you have? And, and then what was sort of the plan after that first week in the hospital? So support wise, my family, uh, my mom actually was a, she's a retired public health nurse. Uh, and she had actually used to work at Westchester Medical Center. So that was a, uh, a great connection to have. And she's always good at asking lots of questions at <laughs> hospitals and of doctors. Uh, so she was a huge support. At the time, I was just starting to date my now wife. We've been married 11 years. And she actually didn't find out about it. I didn't tell her about it because we were so early on. And she found an appointment slip on the refrigerator one day. And she gently asked me about that. Now my wife, Joy, she's always been very supportive. And my, my mom, my dad, my sister, lots of support for sure. And then since sharing my story, so many people on LinkedIn have uh, messaged me and I've reached out to leukemia survivors through LinkedIn as well the last few months, uh, which has been incredible as well. That's amazing. Uh, aside from the, these purple blotches, did you have any other symptoms? I mean, were, you, were you tired or I'm going to sound like a doctor now. Were you tired? Were you <laughs> nauseous? You're vomiting like anything else? I guess looking back, I was, I was pretty tired, but at the time I was working at night at newspaper, at a newspaper on a copy desk and the hours were like four in the afternoon. So one in the morning. So I guess I just thought I was, you know, naturally tired, but that was probably one of the one of the things that stood out as well, but otherwise just the blotches. And after that first week in the hospital, what was the treatment plan? I take daily oral chemo medication. So when I started out, it was Gleevec. At some point I had to switch because the effectiveness was wearing off from the Gleevec. So then I switched to Bosolif. My body did not like that. So now I'm on Spricel. Okay. So this is really interesting. I remember when Gleevec hit the market. So am I correct in saying there's no cure for CML? Yes. So the goal is to manage it much the way that AIDS, HIV and AIDS is managed these days. I don't know how that works, but if it's basically, I have to take the medication for the rest of my life or some similar medication for the rest of my life to keep the, the number of leukemia cells down or, or gone. I don't know if you can answer this, but I'm fascinated and I don't know nearly as much about um, blood cancers as I do solid tumor. Was a bone transplant, bone marrow transplant ever an option? It wasn't. You didn't have a bone marrow transplant. You didn't have chemotherapy. You didn't have radiation. Those are sort of the terms that people are more familiar with. Right. Instead, you still have cancer. I do still have cancer. In 2019, it was down to no leukemia cells. The last few appointments wow. that I've gone to the oncologist, yeah. The last few appointments that I've gone back, the percentage of leukemia cells versus the rest of them have been going up slowly. Uh, so there's a chance that the next time I go and they do a test again, I may need to switch the oral chemo medication I'm on. There's a chance that the 
effectiveness is, is wearing down again. But luckily, there's an, a number of options when it comes to CML and, and oral chemo medications. So super grateful for that. Okay, Tim, I got to say, I'm even more fascinated now. <laughs> so it took you so long to share your story. And yet every day you were living it every day to give people a little bit of um, an analogy. I, I feel like the way they're managing CML is much like, like the way maybe diabetes one is managed because that's genetic. You know, it's not like diabetes two. Tell us about that. I mean, I just, I can't imagine every day taking what is pretty serious medication, but not really talking about it. I'm very grateful because I haven't had any side effects to the medication, whether it was Gleevec or the Spricel I'm on now. So I live my life like human beings that, that don't have cancer, probably, you know, I have joy in my wife and the kids and, you know, um, so we've been super lucky. I mean, it's kind of surreal to even say that I have cancer or leukemia because it really doesn't affect me on a, on a day-to-day basis right now. Do your kids understand they're quite young? My kids, I, I haven't had that conversation yet. Really? And wait, am I correct? One of them was 10 years old? Yeah. Why not? Good question. Um, <laughs> <laughs> You're like, we, 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 I didn't know we were going down this path. <laughs> no, it's okay. I've been asked the question before. I guess because it's it's not affecting me right now. I don't have any symptoms that, you know, that they can see. And I, I, I guess I just don't want to put that stress on a 10-year-old or a 7-year-old, you know, them thinking like, you know, what could happen tomorrow kind of thing. So I'm sure at some point the conversation will happen. Just not yet. You said your life really isn't that different from anyone else. But what would happen hypothetically if you did not take the medication? I don't know because I haven't I haven't not taken it. Well, I shouldn't say that. Other a medical issue that I've had for a while is chronic headaches. So we did try a few years ago to see if the headaches were related to the spicel or the leukemia anyway. They tried switching my medication to every other day. And then when that didn't have an effect, they did take me off for one month just to see if it, if it had, if there was any correlation and I didn't have any issues in that, in that one month. Um, but who knows, because I've been taking it for, you know, almost 15 years. Wait, so for one month, you didn't have headaches though? No, I still had the headaches. Uh, I still had the headaches. Okay. So you don't know what the cause of the headaches is. I've gone to, uh, neurologists and things like that. So I'm working with them on that, but it's, it's, uh, most likely not related. I mean, it's good that they tried, right. To try to figure it out with the medication. I can talk migraines all day with you (laughs) (laughs) after I press stop. I just, you seem so happy and even keel. I'm just curious. Was there ever a moment you were in shock or you were just kind of blown away by, I mean, you were a young guy and, and in a very rare cancer. Was there ever that sort of like, what the warning, warning, curse language coming? Okay. Uh, Was there ever a what the fuck moment? I would say it's really the only that moment was (laughs) WTF moment moment was when I was leaving that parking lot and they called me and whatever they told me, that two hour drive was probably the longest drive ever because I had no idea what to expect at all. And 
at that point, the only thing I knew about leukemia was I knew someone when I went to school, probably like in elementary school, had died of leukemia, but that is the only thing I ever heard about leukemia. So I had no idea what to expect. Would it shorten my life? Would it affect my life in any way? Uh, I just started dating my now wife, Joy. Would it affect any of that? That ride was a very, very long ride. <laughs> Felt like it. You had just started dating Joy. And you said she didn't find out till she saw an appointment slip. Yes. So how did you explain being in the hospital for a week? I'm trying to remember the timeline. If I may not, it might've been shortly after that, that we started dating. Yeah. It was probably maybe a couple of months after that, that we started dating. So she um, just missed the whole diagnosis part. <laughs> yeah. She just missed the you know, that minor thing. <laughs> oh my goodness. Wow. Okay. <laughs> what was her reaction when she did find out? Oh, that's a good question. Um, probably like, oh, <laughs> like why, <laughs> why haven't you mentioned that yet? <laughs> that's, I mean, that's a big thing. Like that's a, you might want to talk about it a little bit. I don't think it's uncommon though. I do want to kind of let you off the hook. Okay. I remember this woman. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Of course. I remember this woman calling me once. And, and she was in her sixties, she had liver cancer and she had not told her husband of 30 years that she'd been diagnosed and she'd been living with the diagnosis for a month. She had not told her grown children. She had not told anyone other than me and her doctor. That was it. And I would. Yeah. And I wouldn't let her get off the phone until she promised me that she at least tell her husband. It was so bizarre and so strange. And, and she didn't want to burden him. I'm like, you're married. (laughs) That's kind of part of the package. You're supposed to take care of each other. I do understand. And I've seen it before. I think I know the answer to this, but what was your worst moment? My worst moment, probably go back again to the two hour drive (laughs) since I've been so so blessed to not really have felt many side effects over the years. Probably the, the two hour drive after yeah. hearing something was going on. Was it at least in fall and the leaves were out and it was beautiful? I don't think that I even <laughs> noticed that much. I was just like <laughs> driving and okay, I have cancer. What, huh? what's going on? <laughs> you know, it's interesting because you're, you're one of those people, you know, there are some people that spend months and even years trying to get a proper diagnosis. They know something's wrong. And then there's some people where it's over a period of weeks or, but you're one of those people where it was bam. I mean, it was sudden. I don't think most people realize how fast your life can change. That's so true. And I actually, I actually go to the same oncologist that I had in the hospital and it's still, now I live in Pennsylvania. When I was diagnosed, I lived in New Jersey, but it's still two hours away to the hospital. Is there? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> to the to his office. And I still go to the same oncologist just because I feel so much better going to someone who knows my history over the years. What was your best moment? I mean, you're still in it, but what was your best uh, moment? I would say sharing my story because it, it has connected me with other survivors. People have reached out with such caring, loving messages. After I shared my story, somebody I guess he was searching in LinkedIn for leukemia or leukemia survivor. And I actually put in my title on LinkedIn, leukemia survivor. And I came up in his search on LinkedIn and he reached out and said, 
I was just diagnosed with uh, chronic leukemia in May. Could we get on a call together? You know, I have no idea what to expect. You know, could we just, you know, have a conversation and get to know each other? And so we did that and we had so many laughs and we shared our own stories. And I feel like there's like a special bond between people that, you know, have cancer or leukemia, being able to, to talk to other people that have gone through, I mean, everybody has a different story, but, you know, something similar to be able to have some people to support you and have that connection, I think is important and has been, I don't even know the word, you know, over the last few months to be able to, to share my story and, and speak to other survivors has been really uh, impactful, powerful. Well, you gave that newly diagnosed patient a gift as a caregiver who took care of my sister with stage four liver cancer. Mm. I looked for months to find someone who had stage four liver cancer. I couldn't find anybody. You know, I never actually wow. found, found anyone who had the same stage and the same diagnosis as, as she did. Now this, that was a long time ago. Um, so that's a real gift to just, you're inspiring people because you are living. Oh goodness. I hate to quote Oprah, but you're living your best life. If you will, <laughs> <laughs> you're not just existing, right? You're, you're really, really living, yeah. really thriving. If you will. What is the one thing you wish you had known at the beginning, maybe right after you got that phone call and you're still going to your car and you're about to make that drive? I mean, anything really, I, <laughs> I didn't know anything. One thing I would have known, I mean, would it, I didn't know if I would live less long. I mean, I, like how would it affect my life and, and my family, you know, other people I cared about. Did you ever worry about, given how young you were, uh, your fertility at all? Did that come up as part of the conversation? That never came up and I never really thought about it, but it never came up in conversations with my oncologist or, or any medical professionals. And if you could only do one thing to improve healthcare in the U S Tim, what would it be and why? Oh gosh. You only get <sighs> one. <laughs> I mean, to make the process simpler so that, so that healthcare companies and doctors actually like there was solid communication between them. Can you give us an example of what you mean? Well, this isn't related to leukemia, but when I was That's going okay. through headaches a few months ago, I've been trying to get to this problem with headaches for, I've had them for five plus years and they were getting so bad again. And so I just decided to go to the emergency room one day. And well, first I went to the urgent care, then I went to the emergency room because they couldn't really do anything for me. And then the emergency room people didn't do anything. Well, maybe it's not a healthcare issue, but it's just like a, maybe it's more of a hospital issue, like in terms of like when you go into a hospital and like the flow in terms of, you know, I was at an urgent care, then I went to an ER and then they didn't have a neurologist on staff. So then they, they said, to call whatever neurologist, and I'm like, well, <laughs> don't you have a neurologist Sorry. or can't you call a neurologist right. for me? Or like, at that point I went, I left and I actually created this video because I've been creating these radiating real videos. And I just did this video of my complete frustration with the healthcare system. And they should make it as easy as possible for people who are going through so much, right? 
the continuum of care, I think is the medical lingo they like to use. That's yeah. a huge, huge problem, especially if you're not in a big city where you might have more options. A question I sometimes like to ask Tim is what advice would you give your 16 year old self? But instead of that, what advice would you give your daughters when they turn 16? Oh my gosh. Like live every day. Like it's your last day. You never know what could happen tomorrow. You could be diagnosed with cancer out of nowhere. Like happened with me. I mean, I'm doing well. I'm grateful for that. Don't take anything for granted. Whatever you want to do in life, do it as, as soon as you can. I love that advice because just a few days ago, uh, this woman who is in this closed online group for liver cancer, her husband has terminal liver cancer. And after reading post and someone giving that advice, and then another person's spouse just died. She mm. realized that they were on limited time. You know, they really were, mm. even though he's doing quite well right now. And they completely changed their lives. Like over the mm. next like four weeks from not doing certain things with certain people because they felt obligated and it, it was made them feel terrible while they were doing it from letting go of a job they actually didn't need. And they're just going to go and in an RV and just camp around America. That's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. That's so cool. For her, it really was seeing that advice, reading that advice from other people. And then when this other woman's husband died, she said, you know, we have no regrets because we made a commitment to each other the day he was diagnosed that we were just going to live each day to the fullest, that we were going to do everything we had always wanted to do together. We, there was no more putting it off. And they did. Yeah. So I think that is a great advice to give your daughters. I think everyone at some point takes too much for granted. And when you're young, you think you're going to live forever. Exactly. Yeah. And you get so caught up too, in just like the day-to-day -day living of life, right? Like, you know, bringing the kids to school and doing work and, you know, whatever comes up, it's, it's easy to forget to build into your schedule, like special moments. I like that you said build into your schedule because you can, if you really want to, you can make that happen. Right. And I don't know who said this, but it definitely feels this way right now. The days are long, but the years are short. And mm. especially with COVID, I think a lot of people just kind of felt like, you know, every day was just dragging along, but after a certain age, you can blink and it feels like the year just disappeared. <laughs> it's like, yeah. what happened? Tim, I, I just love your energy. And I'm so thrilled that you are now sharing your story, you know, with so many other people. Are you ready to have a little fun with the Thriver rapid fire questions? Let's do this. Okay. Beach, desert, or mountains? Mountains. I thought. See, sometimes I try to guess, <laughs> like in my head, uh, Beach Boys, Beatles, or Rolling Stones? Uh, Beach Boys. My favorite two of those three. What is one word that best describes you? Genuine. And before you die, what is the last song you want to hear? She's Got Away by Billy Joel. Aww. That was our wedding song. I was. Oh, uh, that was my first concert, Billy Joel. Was it? Yeah, I'm dating myself, but yeah. When he was still married to 
not Christy was Brinkley. Was it Christy Brinkley? Was it Christy Brinkley? I think yeah, so. They were, yeah. yeah. They, they were new, barely newly married. What's the last meal you want to eat? Pot roast and mashed potatoes. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think anyone's ever said that before. I have to tell you, like, I don't think anyone. <laughs> oh, okay. Uh, the last people you want to see. My family, my wife, my kids, my parents. And, and the last words you will speak. It's kind of ironic because you asked me what words I would speak and I can't think of any words. Uh, <laughs> I was thinking that, but I wasn't going to actually say it. <laughs> oh my gosh. Um, last words. But you knew this question was coming, right? Yeah. <laughs> But I forgot. <laughs> Last words. I think we, we can just leave it. You have maybe you have no words. Like you've said everything. I have no words. You have I, no words. I have no words. <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh. <laughs> oh, okay. Woo, woo, okay. Laughter down. Um, <laughs> aside from cancering you, what is one resource you would recommend for cancer patients and caregivers? And then I also want you to make sure to tell people how to get in touch with you. So the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society has been super helpful. We've used mom goes to their uh, family support group meetings still, and they were help of help um, with financial things toward the beginning of my diagnosis. And they do so much research and education and things like that. So definitely leukemia and lymphoma society, how people can reach me. Uh, they can connect with me on LinkedIn if they just search for my name, Tim Sohn, S-O-H-N, or they could email me. It's a pretty long email address, but it's Tim, T-I-M, at Sohn, S-O-H-N, socialmediasolutions.com. All right. We will make sure to put that in the show notes for the podcast and also in the workshop for our members. Tim, thank you so much for coming on today and sharing your story. I, I don't know if I've laughed quite that hard at that one question ever before. <laughs> thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me, Andrea. I, I really, really appreciate it. Thank you for listening to the Cancer Youth Thrivers podcast. If you like our podcast, give us a five-star rating and review and tell your friends about us. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you're listening right now. If you want to share your cancer journey with the world and be a guest on our podcast, go to our website, cancer.university. That's cancer.university. And hit the contact button or click the contact link in the show notes. You've been listening to the Cancer Youth Thrivers podcast. Real people, true stories.